Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Fragments of Silicon, Catchphrase is Not Needed, <laughs> because, well, this is a normal episode. This is one of our specials. So, a bit of background uh, for people who are longtime listeners of our show. Uh, we've done a couple of interviews with Oddworld Inhabitants. Or, okay, one interview with Oddworld, one interview with Just Add Water. No. But the overall point is we've done a couple of interviews with this very notable developer and publisher, and last week they gave me a copy of Oddworld New and Tasty to review. And, you know, here's the thing. Most of the games we get on the show, we get because we have an interview coming up. In fact, like, a new game just landed on my desk today that I got to play through. But that's a story for a different time. But anyway, so the way we handle games without interviews is we record special Sunday shows. Uh, if you all remember the Shovel Knight special from last year. Now, this is going to play out a bit differently because, well, they only handed us one code, so only one of us could play the game. You know, it, it, it's not the optimal solution, but... You're kind of, you know, we're kind of at the mercy of the publishers or, you know, we kind of buy our own copies. And, you know, I don't think anyone is willing to buy the game just for this show, especially since Oddworld is on the more expensive end of the indie game pricing scale. I mean, I consider it, but I don't know if I... I'm not big on PC gaming, so... Well, well, well... Uh, new and Tasty is, uh, I think it's also, well, the thing about New and Tasty is if you've got a, if you've, uh, got a PSN account, uh, Plus account, it's free this month. Oh, that's nice for people who have PlayStations. I'm sorry, I overphrased that. I'm not big on PC gaming and have absolutely nothing in Sony or Microsoft. Yeah. You're a Wii U guy. Yes. Which, apparently, it is might come out on. It says on their website that it's the release date for PS Vita and Wii U is TBA, which is... Well, yeah, well, uh, well, uh, Galax, if you remember, uh, Lauren actually talked about the Wii U version on our show. That, that's how yeah. it got on to IGN and GameSpot. <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're having, they were having problems with the Wii U version, and 
we really haven't seen an update since then. And honestly, the, you know, given how long the Lauren Lanning interview was, it's seriously our longest interview to date. It, it clocks in in about uh, about what uh, ninety minutes, something like that. Yeah. And it would have went longer if we didn't stop you. More or less, like Lauren Lanning can talk and he's entertaining. It's just. You know, given that we've covered, we really covered the game from an interview standpoint. And there's not, there's not really anything left to talk about from that perspective. But we, you know, we can't. Anyway, I was just saying, if it does, if it does come out on Wii U, if they get the problem started out, maybe I'll try it. That was that was the reason why I brought that up. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's that's fine because, like I said, it's the first. It's really the first instance of us making a difference in this industry. It, it's weird, but you know, we're, we, in our own small way, we're actually affecting uh, the industry. Like, look at t- the, the whole tantalus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But getting back on point, we, you know, we've got this game here. We've talked about it. We've, you know, we've hyped it up. We've recommended it to our listeners. And now this is basically the coda of this particular game, you know. And uh, granted, it, it could have been the PlayStation version if any of us had a PlayStation. No. Well, a PlayStation Four, I guess. Yeah, because I have a PlayStation Three sitting right next to me. No, well, I think is it on the PlayStation Three yet? Um, I was just at their website. One moment. Uh, PlayStation 3 is yeah. Q1 2015, so it should be within the next month or so, probably. So anyway, you know, we tend we tend to play the PC games because that you know that's the system the most of us have. Like I do all my gaming on PC because consoles are expensive, and hell, I already have PC equipment, so and. If you've seen my Steam backlog, you know I have a lot of games to play through. Yeah. So, anyway. You might, you might say you've bought too many games. Well, it's not just bought too many games. It's I keep getting gifted games. Yeah. Like, I seriously have quite a few games to play through and not enough time to do it in. Like, but, once again, that's getting off point. You know? So... For the past week, I've been playing through Oddworld New and Tasty. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I have not played, I have not beaten the game, nor have I gotten to Alf's Escape, the new DLC. You know, it's a, it's unfortunate when I can't do that, but it's also we're working under time constraints. Like, I didn't want this to sit too far out from release, and also I have, you know, like. I have a new. I have Parallax to play through. I have more of Elliot Quest to play through. I have Strife to play through, and I could keep going. Now, and especially when the game companies only give us one code, if I it's like if that you know if I don't play it, then we're, none of us are going to know what this game is like. Mm-hmm. But getting back on point, so Oddworld New and Tasty for the PC. Uh, okay, this okay, this is a really good game. Uh, I don't lie. Now, I've seen some people deride the uh, remake of this for various reasons. And, you know, 
I agree with a few of those reasons. Now, but I still think that if I had if I had the choice to play one version of the game, the the new one or the old one, I would actually pick the new one because the new one is much more intuitive. It's it's still got that cinematic platformer clunkiness, but it's much more tolerable. And hell, if there's one reason above all else to play new and tasty, if you go back to our interview, I told Lauren my biggest problem with the original game, and he agreed, was the save system. Like, anyone who's played the Oddworld uh, Abe's Odyssey on PC knows how spectacular the save system was on that. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, for, and for those who haven't played it, how it worked was you saved by the section. Like, you, you know, it, it was checkpoint-based. Like, you had to get through a certain amount of, amount of the game in order to save. And that got frustrating when you beat, oh, say, a secret room or two secret rooms, and then you die right before the checkpoint. This has happened to me. And, it has been the end of many consoles. Oh, <laughs> uh, not that bad, but oh, I, I'll admit, like I 100%ed the game, and I at the end of, at the end of it, I hated Abe's Odyssey just because I hated go replaying uh, levels sections that I had played through a bunch of times. It, you know, it's that whole lost work uh, idea. And it's like, and it, here's the thing. I, I don't like replaying, you know, unless I'm, like, going for the replay challenge thing, I don't like replaying challenges. You know, anyway, so, uh, New and Tasty features an autosave system. And it's a good, nice, old-school autosave where I can say, you, you can save anywhere, at any point, at any time. That also has the unfortunate uh, side effect of, okay, who knows what the autosave loop is? Um, where if you autosave at the wrong time, you basically kill yourself, and it just do-do-do-do-do like yep. that. Yep, and that actually happened to me on a few times. Oh. Yeah. That's not a knock against the game. It's a knock against the system itself. But... I'd rather, I'd much rather have that. Fortunately, it also has a checkpoint system. So if you get stuck in the autosave loop, you can just go back to the first checkpoint you were at, and you you lose a bit of progress, but nothing too bad. It's better than starting the game completely over. Yeah, yeah, the people who played PC games in the '90s should know what this is. Oh, God. I, I have quit games over that loop. Seriously. Uh, it's like, also, one other time, I, I think I ran into a bug or something. Like, I, I, I was going through uh, the Scarabanian Temple, I think, and, like, uh, at about the end of the stage, I forgot to pause the Elam, and he blew up himself on a mine, and then... It, it, Turns out I just got stuck. Fortunately, it was nothing that a, uh, a reset back to the checkpoint couldn't handle, but it was still something that uh, 
I, I don't think that was intended, or if it was, it really comes across as artificial. Like that really shouldn't have happened. But aside from that, the game is, you know, is a marvel to play, and and it scales well. It, it, it scale and its PC version scales well. Like it's a game. Like I do not have the you know best, most uh, fastest laptop in the world, and it played with pretty much no problem. Maybe a bit of a slowness in the frame rate, but uh, from what I've gathered, this game scales really well. So if you've got older, slower computer hardware, you can still play this. Yeah. And see no hits in performance. Uh, let's see. Uh, controls. Uh, probably the biggest improvement. Uh, the game is now the game's now been entirely mapped to uh, the gamepad, and it's uh, they they definitely struck a balance here. Uh, once again, uh, I'm going to ask my crew here: How many cinematic platformers have you ever played? Um, really. The only one I've really played was a little bit of the original Oddworld. Okay, so you know how... Cinematic platformers? Uh, games like Prince of Persia, the original Prince of Persia series, or Out of This World, or Blackthorn. You know, they have a, they have a certain style to them. They're called cinematic because uh, they have... Mo- they, well, first of all, because Prince of Persia was rotoscoped, and that's what was considered to be cinematic back in 1989. But cinematic, yeah, cinematic platformers are no. Uh, I called them this before, but they're the anti Mario games, you know. And that's to say, Mario games are very tight, precise, precision controls. You know, uh, some of the some of the just. You know, it's all based on how, like, the platforming is all based on how tight the controls are, whether it be 3D or 2D. Uh, Cinematic platformers are the complete opposite. They are known for being very clunky, very kludgy, very, quote-unquote, realistic. Ah. You know, it's like you have to, like, you, you move very slowly, you move very deliberately in order to run, like... It, like running in Odd World, you have to hold down the analog stick for a bit in order for Aid to pick up the velocity to run. Whereas, like say Mario and your precision platformer ilk, you, when you run, you just hit the uh, hit, hit, hit the forward uh, controls. I see. Yeah, and jumping, like jumping, is very precise and slow. And also, it's based off of, like, you take fall damage. And I mean, like, if you jump from two stories, you're going to die. Kind of deal. And, like, they have a fixed jump arc most of the time. Right. It's, you know, it, it's more, it's, it, it, it's shoving that's even stiffer than ghosting goblins. And, uh, Actually, what I, what, what's coming to mind is that a lot of the stuff you're describing here describes some of the early Castlevania games. <laughs> yeah. It, it's in the 
it's in the vein of Castlevania, but even like yeah. Castlevania makes these games look. Uh, yeah, yeah. These games make Castlevania look fast. You know, because it's, you know, because it's based off of, you know, as I said, more realistic physics. I mean, obviously not realistic, realistic, but it's still. You're moving more. You know. You've got to be careful with your jump. Now, you got to edge really close up to the edge, and if you go too far, splat. But if you're not close enough, you try to jump, you go splat either way. Or you blow up on a mine, depending but, on... Or spikes somehow pop up out of the wall just to take care of you. Yeah. Yeah, it's something like that. And Oddworld, even in its new incarnation, follows that tradition. And, you know, it can, I, I will, it can get frustrating. I won't lie. Especially when you're... Especially because the way you hold your uh, analog stick determines the kind of jump you do. Like, if you hold up, you're going to do a higher jump. If you hold left or right, you're going to do a more forward jump. And it, it can, the game kind of gets confused sometimes. Like, I, I died to that more than once, let's just say. You know, uh, it... it and the style in general is definitely an acquired taste. But if you can acquire the style, it's very rewarding. Now, and it's also, and this game on the whole is more forgiving than it, than its '90s counterpart. You know, and it's also, uh, from what I've played, one of the most faithful remakes. Uh, like ever like uh going through like uh the uh rupture farms going through the the temples uh hitting the zoolag it's all bringing back the the game from the game I played back in the nineties and even uh, like uh oh four or five years ago I replayed it, and you know all the old you know all the old stuff is still there. I can't. I wish I could speak on how Alpha Escape turned out because it is the first new bit of Oddworld content uh, since Stranger's Wrath. But unfortunately, as of this recording, I did not hit that point. Now, so it goes. I, I will say what that you know what they added. I don't. It's like I don't know if they added or changed anything in the late game or the endings or anything like that, but I do know they've added a shitload of Mudokins. In the original game, you had to save 99 Mudokins. Here, you had to save 299. That's a large number of dudes you have to save. So you would think, but so far, they just put put more Mudokins in. They, They didn't change any locations. They didn't change... Like, the Mudokins are not located in new locations or anything like that. There's just more Mudokins. Oh, so it's just like you go into a room where there was one hostage before and now there are three? Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I've hit, I'm back at Rupture Farms, and I had to, and all the Mudokins, and there are more Mudokins, like, and there are more Mudokins in the hidden area. I got to go through that all the, uh, that again. I got to admit, I hate this. 
I hate this gameplay mechanic. I hate reusing areas and restocking places to, to extend gameplay. Granted, I don't have to do this. It's optional, but I've never, like, it's why I'm not the biggest fan of, say, Devil May Cry 4, where you're literally playing the game backwards. Or a Xenoclash. Or Silent Hill 4. You know, it, but that's a personal preference. You know, and it's a, it's a minor quibble. The biggest thing I, I do not like about the new game is the, is the lighting. And the graphics, the gra- you know, the graphics have been re-rendered in glorious HD and all that. But here's the thing: this game is too bright, and this and the art is too clean in the factory areas. You know, one of the th- one of the most striking things about the, the original Oddworld: Age Odyssey was how grungy, how dingy, how dirty everything was, how dark. Right. I think that's one of the things that you often lose when you high-definitionize high something. Like, it, a lot of the, in a lot of games, when there was a severe limitation with, with resolution and stuff, right. they dealt with it in a very artful way, mm-hmm. and changing, and the result of having better technology means you don't have to do that, but in some cases you lose something by not doing that. It's not just the aesthetical choices, the, the lighting. I'm like, oh god, I, I, you know, it's like they really, uh, you know, it's like I'm just not a fan of how bright, bright, and how how universally bright everything is. It, it looks like an episode of of uh, TV Star Trek. Okay, this analogy may not make sense unless you know uh, it's television Star Trek versus movie Star Trek. Okay, television Star Trek is very brightly lit, very centrally lit in order to uh, adhere to television. If you go like, if you look at uh, any given episode of the Next Generation, it's going to be very brightly lit. Whereas, say, First Contact, First Ca- Contact has dynamic lighting. It's a lot darker. It's a lot moodier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, they do more interesting things with the sets, like oh, you're in the middle of a. Right. Cube, therefore, or you're in part of the organized enterprise. And the same principle uh, is going on here. You know, it's not just be, like it's not a deal breaker, but it is. It is a serious dent against this game because one of the one of the underlying themes of Oddworld is you know industrial abuse. And that theme is still there, but it's really undercut by having everything so bright and sterile. Like, Rupture Farms is, is supposed to be a place where if there was an FDA, they would shut that place down because of so many health codes violations. Yeah, that was always kind of like, having never played any of the Oddworld games, that was always kind of the impression I got. And is that the whole thing is kind of filthy aesthetic, like the aesthetic is very grungy. Mm-hmm. And, and to have that taken away, it ta- it does hamper the deeper message. Because, I mean, yeah, things are bad, but it's still, you know, it, because you're going through the entire factory, it's the, 
it's the constant reminder of what you're up against. And, it, you know, and this is something that also, like, the um, nighttime section in between the uh, rupture farms and the temples suffers from this because it's supposed to be a dark section. It's supposed to be late at night, but because the lighting is so bright, you can see everything. Like, the darkness is just aesthetical. It doesn't affect gameplay. I'm trying to remember if, uh, if that happened in the old one, but I don't think it did. But I, I don't know. I, I remember. It's been a long time. Yeah. Oh. Fucking hell. Did t- Wait. Okay. Oh. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. Uh, I, had, I was getting reports that our programming had crashed. And I'm like, nobody wants to see an angry Adam. Well, it's like, yeah, I've I've been yammering about this game for about a half an hour already. And I'm like, I don't know how much we lost or we lost anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, Twilight Winter. Did you? Did we lose anything? No. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I hate it when the, when our technical snafus happen, but they happen. Anyway, where was I? Oh, that's right, the nighttime section. And just in general, I find the nighttime sections to be too bright. You know, uh, let's see, the puzzles, uh, the puzzles ramp up quite nicely. Like, although this game will kick your ass even in the beginning parts, especially if you go for the hidden areas. Like, uh, the hidden areas are quite no- renowned for the, their extra difficult. Although, granted, how difficult they are does depend on the hidden room. Like, the hidden room in the first uh, room of the game is among the, one of the hardest in the whole game. Uh, there were point- well, we'll just have to roll with it because I'm not re-recording this. Uh, anyway, uh, getting back to the game itself, the, my the favorite point of, of Odd World, both the new and the old, were the temples. Like I, I rather liked the design of both the Paramanian and Scarabanian temples uh, because I liked how compartmentalized everything was. It, like when you run through, when you run through both temples. It's basically like dealing with a series of challenge rooms. Like you've got a small, you got to solve a small series of puzzles at, before you, in order to complete each room. I, know, I, I always kind of like that design. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll do that. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, but, and yeah, the, the game looks really good. Aesthetical choices aside. Uh, uh, sound design is, is top-notch. You know, it's like, not sure really what to uh, say about that. Yeah. Not my strongest area of expertise. You know. Uh, anyway, so, I think... I think I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to conclude this audio essay.
So, that means I have to jump into action again. Well, I said this was only going to be like 15, 30 minutes. It's been about... Watch me go the speed of snails. <laughs> uh, professionally unprofessional. Uh, well, daylight saving time screwed up a lot for a lot of people. I know. Well, well the other... Yeah, if you had one in attack line, that's probably what it, what it would have been. Daylight savings time <laughs> special, special... Daylight savings time. Special zonk edition. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said daylight savings time. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, so let me gather my final thoughts on this. Uh, and so, is it worth the purchase? That's what I would think too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the ultimate point of this review. Is it worth your time and money? I'm going to say yes. It's especially for those who have the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also. A uh, special mention should be uh, cast towards the Wii U version because that's going to be the first Oddworld game they get. It, you know, if they get that and it does well, they will get Stranger's Wrath HD. Now, but anyway, so yeah, if I were to give, if I were to harangue a number on this, and people don't get too caught up on numbers, I would say it's a seven or an eight out of ten. You know, it's. It's a great it's game. Not that bad. And this is and this is by the actual scale where seven and eight out of ten are decidedly above average and pretty good, as opposed to the scale that some things use where seven is failing because it is in school. Right, right. If I'm going to use a ten point scale, it's going to be like five is going to be fucking average. I just want to clarify this so we don't have people bitching eight point eight or whatever. Well, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a great game. It's a good remake. It's you know, it's a it's a wonderful port. It's uh, tw- you know, it's twenty bucks, and keep it, and people might bitch that you know, going back to that whole uh, game length, uh, you know, value per dollar thing. It's totally worth your money. It's you know, it's only twenty bucks, but keep in mind this is still a fully featured game from back in the day, so you're gonna get a lot of time on it, and it does have replay value. Like, there is a, for example, there is a trophy and an achievement uh, where you can run through the game, you can do a speed run, and try to get all the Mudokins in under three hours. So, it's got all your bases covered. And once again, the game is Oddworld New and Tasty. It's available on Steam and the PlayStation 4 right now. It's free if you're a PlayStation Plus member uh, this month. And it's twenty bucks on Steam. It's coming soon to the PlayStation Vita, Xbox One, Wii U, and PlayStation Three. So, un- you know, until our next review, which is actually happening in a few weeks here, I can only wish you good gaming.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.